right, everybody, welcome to today's episode of the Jerry's World Podcast. On today's episode, there will be a preview of the upcoming division round games of this season's NFL playoffs. I will then discuss a weird sighting that occurred in my home city of Niagara Falls. I will then also discuss two pieces of legislation that New York Governor Andrew Cuomo wants to introduce, the first being associated with online sports betting and the second being associated with the legalization of recreational use of marijuana. Sit back, relax, and enjoy, everybody. Let's get right into it, folks. Super wildcard weekend came to an end. We're going to preview the division round of the playoffs now. And to help me preview the division round of the playoffs, I brought back my good friend, Jake. Jake, it's a pleasure to have you back on as a guest. Welcome back. It's a pleasure being on. I'm excited to talk about this divisional round of football we got going on this weekend. We have four exciting games for sure. It's going to be an interesting weekend. Oh, I know. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, like you said, we got four games. You know, can't 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 be six like last weekend, sadly. But you know, I think that we're going to be in for a treat for these games. And how I want to preview this is, I want to preview the e- AFC side first, and then we'll preview the NFC side as well. And I'm going to start with the game on Saturday night on NBC between the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens in Orchard Park. What are you looking for in this game, sir? And this game for me, I think is going to be, there's a lot to this game to unravel. So let's start with what happened last year. We'll go back to last year's game. Um, they beat us. I The score was 24 to 17. Um, Buffalo executed the game plan perfectly last defensive wise against Lamar Jackson. Um, they made him become a throwing quarterback, but unfortunately he did throw for three touchdowns that game in route to beating the Bills. And defensive-wise last year for Baltimore, what they were doing to Josh Allen was they were basically making Josh beat them over the top by sending a free safety. They're just putting him on the line and basically daring Josh to beat him over the top. And this year, the steps Josh Allen has take, I don't think they're going to be able to line up like that defensively just because Josh is now capable of beating them over the top, but it still is a very good Baltimore uh, defense and especially that secondary. Okay, okay. I mean, I am looking forward to this game just overall. I think this is going to, this itself is going to be the game of the weekend, in my opinion. You have two teams coming off very close wins in wildcard weekend. The Bills finally winning a playoff game for the first time in a quarter century. The Ravens carrying the storyline of finally having Lamar Jackson win a playoff game. I believe that it's it, – I don't think it's going to come down to the quarterbacks, though. I believe it's going to come down to the running game. And in particular, particular, Baltimore's running game against the Bills' rush defense. Baltimore's rushing tandem of Dobbins and Edwards, they are – they're not like a top one-two punch, but like they are a very good one. I would say a top, top five ta- rushing tandem in the league. Uh, like we mentioned last week when we were previewing wildcard weekend, they had over 1500 rushing yards in, in the last five games of the season. And the bills rush defense isn't really that good. It's 14th in the league against the run, which isn't awful. It's not awful, but in terms of playoff having a playoff caliber rush defense, it's not really there in my opinion. I think that Baltimore is going to prioritize the run game more, obviously, than relying on Lamar Jackson to throw the ball. And I think that's going to be the case in terms of the weather as well. The weather, it's not supposed to be great weather. It's supposed to be good football weather, but not great weather, if you know what I mean. Like, it's supposed to be in the 20s for kickoff, and there's a good chance that it could snow on Saturday as well. Yes, it will be snowing on Saturday for sure down here in Buffalo. Um, And I believe it will be Lamar Jackson's first time actually playing in the snow, if I'm not mistaken. No, you're actually not. Lamar Jackson has said that he's never played in the snow. He, it's it's new territory for him. It's unusual territory. 
I think if the snow, if it does snow like it says it's supposed to, that will be a factor in the game as well. Um, and not just for Baltimore, for Buffalo as well. Um, I mean, obviously, we've seen the Bills, you know, play in inclement weather. We've seen this Bills team play in inclement, in inclement weather. They've had the Sunday night game against the Steelers. It rained, it rained and snowed a little bit in that game, and they put and well, they played really well beating the Steelers in that game. Oh, but I, oops, sorry. Continue. But yeah, that's perfectly fine. I um, but I think you know it's gonna come down to the run game. Like I said, who if Buffalo can't. If Buffalo can't work out the passing game against the Ravens secondary, which I think they should be able to. I mean, the Ravens secondary is a good secondary, but the addition of Stephon Diggs has really helped Josh Allen in terms of the passing game. Gabriel Davis is also going to be a huge part as well. A A healthy John Brown, having all three of them with Josh Allen right there, you know, it could make it could make the difference in terms of like the big plays that could happen in the air. Yes, yes. Um worst case scenario for Buffalo's offense is it becomes a snowy windy game and they will not be able to attack in the air as much as they would like to and it does not help with Zach Moss going down for the rest of the season. Um, they just put him on IR today, so it's official he'll be done. If the Bills went to the Super Bowl, we still wouldn't have him. And to be honest, I don't know what the Bills are going to do with that one-two punch. Um, Yeldon, we haven't seen him a lot this season. Um, that Antonio Williams, I don't know if they're going to trust a rookie going into – they're throwing him in for a second game in a divisional game. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do because we also had just picked up um, Devontae Freeman. Uh, We put him on the practice squad. So I'm curious to see if he'll maybe what he does in practice this week to see if he'll get some reps. But I'm going back to Baltimore's rushing tandem. uh, I just want to hint a little bit on J.K. Dobbins. He is a very good running back, in my opinion. He is averaging six yards of carry this year. Um and with him and Lamar Jackson, it's just a scary running duo. And like you said, Buffalo's run defense has not been stellar at all this year. Exactly. And the thing is, too, is going back on the big plays, too. I mean, we've talked about Buffalo and how they have Diggs and Gabriel Davis and John Brown and Cole Beasley and even Cole Beasley, too, to make those plays for Buffalo. On the Ravens side of the, of, of the offense – when it comes to big plays being made, you have to watch out for Lamar Jackson because if he starts to run with the ball, then all of the attention will be focused on Lamar Jackson, which could leave a wide receiver such as Marquise Brown open or a tight or the tight end Mark Andrews open, which could lead to a big play down the field, which could be a momentum swinger or a game changing play. And we saw that against the Cleveland Browns a couple, a few Monday nights ago, and in my opinion, the game of the season, where all, the entire Browns defense just focused on Lamar Jackson, yes, and yes. a wide the wide receiver was wide open, and it turned the game around completely. So that's one thing I'm I'm looking out for too in terms of big plays. Big plays could happen in this game. It just depends on you know the weather. It depends on how how the defenses are prepared for these styles of offenses as well. Yes. Now, um, prediction time for this game. Oops, what do you think? I just want to touch on uh, just two more quick topics before we make the predictions. Um, That's I just all right. Go, back. go ahead. If my in my opinion, if Buffalo kind of goes with the same game plan they did last year to just make Lamar be a throwing quarterback. Um, they did hold them to only 40 rushing yards last season with 11 attempts. So if they could hold them to that, that would be great. But with Lamar, he is good for one big play a game. I mean, you saw it when they were down 10 nothing to Tennessee this past week, and he broke off that long run for the touchdown. And 
you could just see the Ravens just kind of get another step back from that touchdown and momentum just shifted right from there. Now back to the Buffalo side of the ball. Ravens do have a top 10 defense. They're the number two defense in the league. But this year, Josh Allen against top 10 defenses is four and one, or excuse me, four and two. Sorry. He beat Miami twice. He beat the Rams, who are the number one defense, and he beat the Chargers. We lost to Arizona on the Hail Mary. And then we also had lost to the Chiefs, who are a number 10 defense. But other than that, I think Josh Allen can set up for this game if the weather plays for him well. Um, Because Baltimore, if they bring pressure, Josh Allen is great against the pass rush this season, especially because Baltimore doesn't have too much of an edge rusher. So Josh Allen can then roll out, which he likes to do a lot, and he will be able to hurt Baltimore that way. Okay, okay. I see see your point. I see your point. And the thing is, too, is Josh Allen is also a – He's a tough guy to bring down too. He's he's a big dude. He's a big guy, so he's tough to bring down, especially if a lot of pressure happens. It's, it's he's known to roll out to his right and find an open receiver down the field, whether it's Diggs or Davis or even Beasley. Be, uh, mainly Gabriel Davis, though. Gabriel Davis always finds himself like wide open along the sidelines. Eventually, you know, just turn uh, and just pops up out of nowhere. Uh, and that's where one of those big plays comes in off of pressure. And I can see, like I said, I see where you're coming from there. Now we're going to go into the predictions and like, what do you think the score of this game will be? Well, right now, uh, as of today, uh, Buffalo is minus two right now, but I think it's going to be a three point game going Buffalo's way. I think it's going to be 27, 24 and Buffalo is going to kick a game-winning field goal with the time running out on the clock. It is going to be whoever has the ball last, in my opinion, but I believe Buffalo will be able to pull this out, and they will beat the Ravens 27-24. to Okay, okay. I like it. I like it. I'm going to take 27-24, to but I'm flipping it in favor of the Ravens. Okay. I think... Buffalo has a very good – both teams have a very good chance of winning this game. But I'm going to bring it back to the rushing tandem of Dobbins and Edwards against the run defense of Buffalo. I believe that it will prove to be just a little too much for the Bills' rushing defense. I also believe that because of how Lamar can run the ball – if the focus, if that focus becomes Lamar running the ball, then eventually he will make that big play finding somebody open, and then momentum will switch to the Ravens. Now I'm not saying that the Bills don't. Now I'm not saying that you know the Bills have to worry, should worry about that all the time. But if it happens once, that could be a huge momentum swing right there, just like a big, just like that big play where Jackson broke off against the Titans and the Titans couldn't recover. So I'm going to say 27 to 24 in favor of the Ravens. And I know I've got a lot of friends that are Bills fans that are probably going to be upset that I picked the Ravens, but I'm sorry. All right. Now, now we're going to go into the second game on the AFC side between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns. The Kansas City Chiefs are coming off of their bye. They were the only team in the AFC to have a bye, obviously, because of the new playoff format. And the Cleveland Browns are coming off their first playoff win since 1994 after they upset the Pittsburgh Steelers in convincing fashion last Sunday night. What are you looking for in this game? Well, I am looking for the Chiefs just to be the Kansas City Chiefs, so we all know, to finish the season, they in their last seven games, they only had a 27, a positive 27-point differential. So they kind of slowed down towards the end of the season. But I think this bye is just going to help Patrick Mahomes get himself back. This defense is going to recover. And I think the Chiefs, will they're not going to run away with this one, but it is going to be basically the Chiefs just leading the whole way. Um, I, I doubt that the first snap to go into Patrick Mahomes is going to go over his head and uh, Browns are going to score again right off the bat. 
there is no shot that happens like just happened in Pittsburgh. But I just see the Chiefs just being able to dominate this game. But if um, if Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb can get going this week, I it might be closer than I would probably think it will be. Uh, I think if those who can get going like they have been all season, especially Nick Chubb, he is a great running back. But this one-two punch with Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I think I would say they're probably the best two running back combination or the best combination running back combination in the league, excuse me. But that is what I am looking for, is this the Chiefs to do what we all know the Chiefs can do. And they are going to just make easy work out of this Cleveland Browns team. Okay, okay. Well, one thing I'm I'm not I'm looking forward to seeing is Kareem Hunt actually returning to Kansas City and uh, seeing how he will perform against his old team. Um, obviously he was, obviously we all know because of domestic violence issues, he was let go by the chiefs, was signed by the Browns, have to serve a suspension, but with the, but with him and Nick Chubb, they have become a top rushing tandem in the league, if not the best rushing tandem in the league. In my opinion, I expect the chiefs to be the chiefs on offense. Like you said, they still, Patrick Mahomes is coming off of a bye. They still have Tyreek Hill. They have Travis Kelsey. They have they have Hardman. They have Le'Veon Bell. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could potentially play in this game too. There is no official status of his return to the Chiefs in terms of being able to play in this game as of right now. But there is optimism that he would be able to participate in this game. So I'm looking to see how that happens because Edwards Lair and Le'Veon Bell, when healthy, can be also a good rushing tandem. Now, in terms of the Browns, I'm looking to see how that offensive line holds up against the Chiefs' defense because they had a couple. They had a couple scares on on the offensive line. A couple injuries happened in the game against Pittsburgh. Don't know exactly like if they're going to be able to have their traditional offensive line starting, which is actually, in my opinion, one of the best offensive lines. Oh, in the yeah, league. 100% agree I, with that. But um, from reports I've heard, sorry to cut you off, but from reports that I have heard and just seen on Twitter and stuff, the Browns are more than likely going to have most of that O-line back for the game. Okay, that is that is good to hear then. I had not, like I said, I had not. It is good news for the Browns. I had not actually seen anything regarding that. I was looking for that, but I couldn't find anything. So for the Browns to have most of their offensive line back, that will be a huge help for them, not just for the running game, but for also for Baker Mayfield as well. I mean, when the offensive line had their injury woes during Pitt, during the game against Pittsburgh, the game was already over for the most part. Yes. The Browns were just in total control, but now they're going up against the defending champs. Kansas City is a top ten defense. They do apply pressure. They do have a, they do have a good they do have a good secondary as well. Okay, so and in ter- and going on the opposite side of that, the Browns secondary is okay, but it's not that great. They're facing better receivers than when they faced Pittsburgh. They uh, especially going up against Tyreek Hill. But I think that this game will be a close one. I don't think Kansas City has the lead the entire game. I don't think it's going to be a catch-up game for Cleveland. I think I think it will be somewhat back and forth for the first half. And then once the third quarter happens, then it will start to pull away. But not completely pull away. I think it will be kept close. But um, in terms of it, do you have any last words before predictions? Um, yeah, so I'm curious to see. I know I did say that the Chiefs are going to be coming off this bye and they're going to be back to normal, but I'm curious to see how this Browns take this energy from beating Pittsburgh in their home stadium uh, for the first time in the playoffs since, two. I think it was 96 that was the last time they beat them in their home in the playoffs, but um, well, night they beat they haven't beaten they hadn't beaten I maybe in the regular season. Okay, yes, okay. They didn't beat, 
in the regular season. They beat Pittsburgh for the first time in 17 games in Pittsburgh uh, because they didn't beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs uh, and when they last won. That was against the Patriots. But, yes, I do get what you're saying there about the momentum that and and all of the energy that the Browns have going into this game. And I'm going to agree with you on that, actually, because I wonder how that will carry over, too, because the Browns have it all going for them. They're the most talked about team in the league. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when ba- obviously, like when the hype comes to Baker Mayfield and the Browns in the past, the Browns choked and it didn't go their way. But this is a new Browns team, in my opinion. I believe that may I believe that they won't let the hype get to them. No, I I don't think so either. They're Baker Mayfield. He's been in the league three years now. He is too good to let all this talk get to him. He's not going to worry about that. Um, I believe Baker will have himself a solid game, but I think for predictions, I think Kansas City is going to take this game, and it is going to be thirty-five to twenty-three, uh, going in Kansas City's favor. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, well, this is where I conflict myself now because I love what the Browns have been doing. I think that the Browns are a very good football team. And as you know, anything can happen in the playoffs. But if you remember last week, I picked the Kansas City Chiefs to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Yes. So now this is where the confliction comes in. My head says I take the Chiefs because, well, they're the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. Patrick Mahomes undoubtedly going to become one one of the greatest to ever play the game, quite possibly could become the greatest quarterback of all time after he retires. But my heart says to take the Browns because I believe in this Cleveland Browns team. I think that they could get the job done and go to the A- and go to the AFC Championship for the first time in over 30 years. Okay. We got a little, got a little more confidence in this Brown team than I do. Yeah. I mean, I well, ne- both of us picked Pittsburgh to beat the Browns, sure. but they they showed and they showed us like, you know, the Browns showed us, and they showed the entire country that they're, that they're, they're here to play. Yeah, they're real. here to play. They're here to play. You know what? I'm going to contradict myself. <laughs> it's my show. I don't care. It's my show. I'm contradicting myself. Uh, I'm sorry if that upsets people, but I am taking the Cleveland Browns in this game. I am following my heart. I'm taking the Browns. I think that they are going to win 37 to 31. Oh, okay. Is it going to be and, them scoring on the last drive, or are they going to have that lead and just stop Kansas City on a last drive? They're going to win in overtime. overtime. Okay. They're going to win in overtime. I think that the Brown, like I said, the Brown, uh, whoever, somebody could pull away for a little. Somebody could pull away, but I didn't say that they were going to win pulling away either. So I think the Kansas City Chiefs will have the lead. In the third quarter, the Browns will come back and tie it. The game will go to overtime, and the Browns will win and pull off the upset in Kansas City, and they will meet the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC Championship. Now, fun fact for you. The Baltimore Ravens were the old Cleveland Browns before they moved to Baltimore when Art Modell owned the team. So now... So I think that the Browns will have, if they beat the Kansas city chiefs, they will have a little bit more fire going into Baltimore. Not only knowing that, you know, Baltimore is their AF their Baltimore's their AFC division, AFC North division rival. It's not Pittsburgh. It's Baltimore. They hate Baltimore more. Yeah, they, they hate Baltimore Pittsburgh just because that team moved. And the city exactly. was not happy about that at all when that happened. Exactly. So I believe that I believe that Cleveland, knowing that they could potentially play Baltimore in an AFC Championship game, 
will be a motivating factor. That's why I think the Browns win. All right. Now, now we're going to fo- go on to the NFC side, and we are going to pay our attentions to the Green Bay Packers taking on the Los Angeles Hang on, Rams. Before, 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 we, before we get into the NFC real fast, I just would like to point out something interesting that I had just thought about um, yesterday that came to my mind. So in the AFC, the quarterbacks in playing in the divisional are Josh Allen against Lamar Jackson, and then you got Baker going up against Pat Mahomes. These are four young quarterbacks, and they're going to be all these kids are going to be the face of the league two, three years down the road if they aren't already with Patrick Mahomes. But it's just funny because once you flip to the NFC, you got the 40. Well, he's turning 42 on January 15th with Drew Brees going up against the 43 year old Tom Brady. And then you have a. Aaron Rod and older Aaron Rodgers now, he 37, is 37. just going up against Jared Goff. He's young, but I think that is funny that it's kind of like the old heads in the NFC with all these young and upcoming talent in the AFC. I just found that interesting and just very, very funny. I like that fact that you brought that up because I was going to bring that up myself. I saw that at the end of the Brown Steelers game. I you know, it's interesting because Father Time just won't show up and take Tom Brady away out of the playoffs, won't take <laughs> Drew Brees out of the playoffs. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Like, these three have been mainstays They're for constantly the Constantly there every single and, year. It's other and every year. And in the AFC, we could see – we're seeing the changing of the guard in the AFC – with these young quarterbacks becoming the faces of the league with Mahomes and Jackson and Baker and Josh Allen. Whereas in the NFC, we really haven't seen a younger quarter generation of quarterbacks truly take over and become the face of that conference. So that's something that I like. That's something that I'm glad that you pointed out about because like, the young guns have taken over the AFC, but haven't quite taken over the NFC mm-hmm. yet. We'll, we'll see. Maybe I'm hoping I don't. This is my uh, unfavorable Super Bowl matchup. Just not that it's unfavorable, but just just jumping ahead a little bit here. I just don't want to see a Bills versus a Brady Super Bowl because all the talk that week is not going to be about how the Bills got there. It's going to be. Can Brady beat the Bills once again? That is the matchup I just don't want to see. Not because I don't think the Bills can win, but just because I don't want to see that storyline for that whole two weeks we have to wait for the Super Bowl to come. Oh, I understand that too. And again, before we go into the NFC side of the division, I'm going to I'm going to join in on this a little bit. I've been seeing on Twitter how a bunch of quote unquote Bills Mafia Twitter stands. <laughs> Uh, have been hoping for a Bills versus Brady Super Bowl because they want to, quote-unquote, complete the circle of, uh, you know, defeating the entire AFC East division, sweeping them, then sweep, then beating a old AFC East opponent in the playoffs, getting the monkey off the back, then beating... Lamar now be then beating Lamar Jackson because of revenge for that game that happened last season. Then going into Arrowhead, knocking off the Chiefs, and then they want and then they want the Bills to face Brady and complete the circle and say, "Hey, we finally got one over you, Tom." And I'm just gonna say this: Don't get too ahead of yourself. Take it one game at a time. And be careful what yes, you wish for, yes. too. But no, I just, I just, I was just jumping ahead, just kind of playing scenarios through in my head. I just thought about that. And I just can't stand to see that storyline anymore. It is old. It's probably just old for me because he has ruined my life the past 18 years, just dominating us. But I don't know. I feel, I just feel like if the Bills were to make a Super Bowl, they deserve more of a, more of a bigger deal than just, oh, it's Tom Brady again. Here we go. Sorry, sorry Fair for enough. sorry That's for straying off the straying off the path here, no. but I just wanted to throw that out there. No, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. It's understandable. You had that on your mind. I mean, you know, I 
I, I understood where you're coming from. It's perfectly all right. But now we're going to go right into the NFC uh, preview for the division weekend. And we're going to start between the Packers and the Rams. Los Angeles, the sixth seed, is heading to Green Bay, who is coming off of their bye, being the top seed in the NFC. What are you looking for in this game? Uh, first and foremost, just I, I feel like he's going to play, but Aaron Donald, just to make sure he is in that game, because I want to see the number one scoring offense go against the number one scoring defense. I The Packers average 31.8 points per game, but the Rams only allow 18.5 points per game. And I would just love to see how these two can play out against each other. I want to see this Devontae Adams going up against Jalen Ramsey, who the only person that scored a touchdown against Jalen Ramsey this year uh, was Stephon Diggs. He has only has one touchdown scored in this year. So I'm curious to see how, in my opinion, the number one receiver plays against the number one corner in the league. Okay. I like it. I like it. I mean, you know, that's something to look forward to that, uh, Wide wide receiver cornerback matchup, you know that I always look forward to seeing wide mm-hmm. receivers and DBs go one on one, especially because you know in the age age of social media, uh, you know they can tweet something or they can post an Instagram story. Of course, the media is going to ask about that matchup too, and it's going to be and it's going to be one of the key storylines. But I'm looking to see how Jared Goff performs against it's- the Packers. Because John Walford obviously is not going to be playing this game. Um, his season is sadly done. Um, Jared Goff is still having problems with that thumb that he just had surgery on. I, but the thing is, though, is like they do have Cam Akers, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. And like you said, that defense, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, among many players, the defense going up against the top scoring offense in the Packers, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, an unstoppable object going up against a movable, immovable force uh, or something <laughs> like that. So I, I think that it all depends on how golf plays for the Rams. I mean, obviously going up against Seattle, they're, they knew how to play that game against Seattle because they play Seattle in the division twice a year. But with the Ram, but with the Rams going up against the Packers, I believe that Green Bay will be too much for them on offense, especially not just because of Devontae Adams, but also because of the running game too. I mean, Aaron Jones is a top is a top running back in the league. Curtis Lazar is a great number two receiver. Alan, Alan sorry, Lazard. I don't know why I said Curtis Lazard, but he is. We're thinking you're, you're thinking hockey there, thank my you. friend Curtis yep. Lazard. Thank God. you. Sorry. It's all good. It's all good. But yeah, Alan Lazard is a good number two. Marquez Marquez, Marquez Valdez Scatling a good mm-hmm. number three. He's got speed. And then with Robert Tanyan, he is just a great tight end. He's played great for them all season. Um. Didn't get enough talk this season, in my opinion, about the season he had. Um, he had 11 receiving touchdowns, and just no one really said a peep about him. Maybe, maybe just nah. because it's he's a third-year tight end. But in my opinion, he had a great season. He went, he finished with 586 yards, 11 touchdowns. Um, he had 52 receptions on 59 targets, so he doesn't drop the ball much. Um, Aaron Rodgers trusts him. Exactly, exactly. And also, I think that Matt LaFleur is also a better coach than Sean McVay, in my opinion, too. But the thing is, though, is like Sean McVay and Matt Matt LaFleur did work together for some for a short period of time, both being assistants on the Rams uh, before uh, before McVay eventually became the head coach of the Rams. Uh, Obviously, LaFleur went his separate ways uh, to eventually finding his way to becoming the second year head coach of the Green Bay Packers. For one year with uh, he stayed one year under McVay. And then he moved. He did. Okay. And then he moved to uh, Green Bay in 2019. Yeah. Then he moved to Green Bay. In 2019, yes, I do. Rem- I did remember them being under together under Jeff yep. Fisher's staff, 
uh, before McVay became the head coach. I couldn't remember if Lafleur was. Yeah, under he was McVay, there for one but year, but good. yeah, they are they are good friends. Like you said, they have chemistry together, so it'll be interesting to see how they play against each other because they clearly know each other to some extent about what they like to do. I think, yeah, exactly, and I think I think that Lafleur, McVay's a good offensive mind, but I think Lafleur is a better offensive minded yes. coach, and I also think that the riches of weapons that Lafleur has are better than the weapons that McVay has, especially because while Lafleur has Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers can make anyone eventually be the MVP. <laughs> this is true. Aaron Rodgers is going to oh, be the course. MVP. So. So with that, I'm taking the Packers in this game. I don't think it will be I, – I don't think this game will be close. I think it's going to be the least close the least close of the games, in my opinion, this weekend. I'm going to take the Packers in this one by a score of 35 to oh, Okay, 21. I was going to go – I was going to go a close game just because I know this Rams defense is very good and people – don't like to give them the credit that they deserve just because of how their offense performs. I think it's going to be a close game. I have the. I also agree with you. The Packers are taking this, but I'm going Packers 27, Rams 23. Okay, okay, I like it. I like it. Fair, uh, fair enough. So we're so for just good to go back on predictions. Uh, you took the Bills. I took the Ravens. We both took the Packers. And I took the Browns and you took the Chiefs. So right now, you know, who knows? So right now, any who knows? Uh, yeah, well, I'd like to point here. out last but, week uh, I was five and one while you were four and two in our picks. So I, I have I have the one up on you. I, <laughs> so that's, that's because I took the Titans. I mean, <laughs> fuck Tennessee, damn it! But we both were right about the Rams beating the Seahawks. But we both no, took we the both Seahawks. That's where my one loss was. Yeah, that's where your one loss was. We both took the Seahawks. Yeah, well. We, well, we were stupid. Well, we didn't know who the quarterback yeah, would be, true. honestly. And the quarterback issue played a part there. And uh, so, yeah, God damn it, Derrick Henry. God damn it, Tennessee. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. It is what it is. Um, uh, so this is where the predictions will f- completely fall into the favor of one or the other. But we're going to move on to our last game of the division round weekend, and that is the ba- the battle for the third time this season between the – New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. These two are coming off. Uh, these two are coming off of wild card victories over wild card weekend. Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeating the Washington Football Team and the New Orleans Saints defeating Nickelodeon valuable player Mitchell Trubisky <laughs> and the Chicago Speaking Bears. Speaking that Nickelodeon, I liked watching that more than the CBS broadcast. They made it fun. And I get they're trying to get kids just more involved in the game, but I just went back and it just gave me, took me back down memory lane. It was fun to watch. Um, it was just exciting, just the commentating, everything. It wasn't that bland where your reporters are just trying to look good all the time. It was fun. It was a fun experience. And I think it other companies should look into doing that with the NFL just because I thought it was exciting. I enjoyed watching that a lot more than I did a normal NFL broadcast with them putting faces on players and then, the slime in the end zone and even Sp- SpongeBob being up for a field goal. <laughs> yeah. A SpongeBob being up on the field goal was fun. The slime cannons I enjoyed. I wish that Nickelodeon actually broadcasted the Browns that game because we would have seen that a, lot been a lot of slime. Of slime. <laughs> but um, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed watching. I actually watched the majority of the game on the Nickelodeon broadcast. Once the Saints started pulling away, though, I turn. I will admit that I turned the game off because I'm like, there, well, there's yeah, no I was the same way you were. I didn't think Chicago stood a chance in that game. And, it was probably the most boring game of the weekend. Oh, it was. That's why having it on Nickelodeon <laughs> was fun. And the thing is, and the thing I liked about um, uh, the Nickelodeon broadcast was, you know, they had not just like you know the graphics and everything, but in terms of it, I feel like more adults actually watched the Nickelodeon broadcast than the kids did to bring back the nostalgia of Nickelodeon when they were children, because the majority of like adults like watched Nickelodeon with their kids, like 
in years past and a lot of people like you know our age in their 30s like they grew up with Nickelodeon so they decided to watch the game on the broadcast too which was nice to see and in terms of the Nickelodeon valuable player do you do you know how Mitchell Trubisky got that award I am convinced People got on there and voted for Trubisky and just to make a troll out of him. Oh, 100%. There is no way that Mitchell Trubisky Trubisky was actually voted the MVP of that game. I think it was people trolling Mitchell Trubisky. And I I felt bad for the guy for getting it, but it's also funny. It's funny. It is funny. It was funny. It was done as a troll job. Big cat, uh, Barstool Big Cat, uh, literally tweeted out during like towards the end of the game when the polls were active, like literally saying, like, go and vote Mitchell Trubisky to win the Nickelodeon Valuable Player. And he was retweeting everybody that was doing it or liking all the tweets of people that were doing it. He <laughs> said that were saying, like, oh, I voted for Mitch, I voted for Mitch, I voted for Mitch. Mitchell Trubisky should not have won that award. But what baffled me was, was that only one of the New Orleans Saints players were even considered in the top three for that award when it was just a dominant game by the Saints. So not only did Bears fans troll Trubisky, they also trolled another Bears player to get the second (laughs) spot for the Nickelodeon Valuable (laughs) Player Award. I know when I, when I saw Trubisky so, was he was a, he had a lot more votes than everyone else. I was like, oh man! I was like, he is not going to be happy in the locker room later when someone brings him in that award. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely not. Uh, but uh, the the Saints are playing the Buccaneers, not the Bears. Thank God. Imagine if it was actually the Bears playing. Uh, I would not. I probably wouldn't be tuning into that game. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not at all. Not at all. But uh, I think, you know, I think that I think you and I are looking forward to the same thing with this game. But for, but I could be wrong. What are you looking forward to in this game? I'm looking to see if Tom Brady can actually be Drew Brees once this year. He is 0-2 against him this year with their second matchup. Um, the Buccaneers losing 38-3. to that is just embarrassing. And I know I, I've seen Tom Brady. I know he can do a lot more. He's great, best quarterback ever. I hate saying that. But um, the first game wasn't close either. They lost 34-23. to And in both games, Brady looked terrible. So I'm curious to see if Brady can actually get out of a funk that he has when he plays the Saints and have a good game. Um. I don't know. I just think, again, for me, this is the Saints game to lose. I think Michael Thomas is too good of a receiver, and Alvin Kamara is too good of a back to for this. The Buccaneers have a good defense, but I think it's going to wind up being too much once again for them. Okay. Okay. So you got me halfway. You said you were looking forward to the battle between Brady and Breeze, but you were looking more forward to seeing if Brady can actually beat Breeze. I'm actually just looking forward to this being this potentially could be Drew Breeze's last game. There's no official word on whether or not he will retire at the end of the season. I didn't even season. think about that. I didn't even never even consider this could be Drew Breeze's last game. Thought never crossed my mind. So yeah, so I mean, it is rumored that he will go into broadcasting once he officially retires. There's a story out that he is already playing, has a contract signed with NBC. Um, if Sunday is his last game, if Sunday is a loss in terms of the Saints losing, it could potentially be his last game. We shall see what happens. But going back on the game, I'm just looking forward to seeing two of the greatest quarterbacks to have ever played the game in Tom Brady and Drew Brees go head-to-head again and see what they have in the tank for them in terms of this game. Because, like you said, I'm glad that you brought up the 
you know, how the NFC quarterbacks are older than the AFC quarterbacks. The AFC quarterbacks are going to be here for years to come. We have seen Tom Brady and Drew Brees time and time again for their respective teams in moments like this show up big time. And I believe that with the riches of weapons that both of these teams have with the Saints having Kamara and Latavius Murray and Taysom Hill and Michael Thomas and Jer- and uh, Jared Cook and Jared Cook and the Buccaneers having Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gon- Rob Gronkowski. I think that this could become a class. This could become one of the all-time classic divisional round games where it becomes a shootout. In my opinion, I think the Bucks will. Fi- I think the Bucks will not get. I think the Bucks will not get blown out. They will keep this game close. They, they it will be a back and forth affair. This is going to be a game, in my opinion, where whoever has the ball last in their hands will march down the field one t- one more time, solidifying the status of the legend legendary quarterback that they are, and win the game for their respective team. That's what I am looking forward to. Just a good old classic shootout quarterback battle between these two legends. Do you have any final thoughts on this game before we make our predictions? I just can hope the Saints, the last two out of the last four years have been fucked in the playoffs with stupid calls. Well, one was a stupid call on that pass interference against the Rams that was just the most mind-blowing call I've ever seen in my life. And then four years ago against the Minnesota Vikings with Stephon Diggs making that last-second catch on the sidelines and having a missed tackle and them running down and scoring. I just would like to see uh, Drew Brees be able to get into the NFC Conference Championship and just if this is his last season, that'd be great for him. Even if he does get knocked out in the NFC finals, it'll be great to see him just get that kind of proverbial monkey off his back and just be able to get, just show people that he can still play even at this age, even though he has all season, but in playoffs, you never know. This is complete. Hey, this is something to look forward to as well. In terms of that, because those Saints, in my opinion, these Saints teams of the last few years, where they lost to the Vikings on a Minneapolis miracle, where they lost to the Rams on the non-pass interference call, where they lost to the Vikings again in overtime just last season in the playoffs. I think all those Saints teams, including this Saints team, are far more talented than the Saints team that won Super Bowl. Oh, I 100% agree with you on that. I think that because of how they have performed in the playoffs, they have under underachieved, and these Saints team, the, the these Saints team, the Saints team right now, is on a mission. They're hell bent not just because of Drew Brees, but they're hell bent on trying to get to the Super Bowl. In my opinion, that is why they tried to go for the number one seed. Drew Brees being knocked out and being not able to play for the games that he missed because of 11 ribs and a punctured lung really hurt their chances at the number one seed, but they still got the number two seed, but they still potentially have to go to green Bay if they make the NFC championship. But with this game, I I'm taking the saints. I think that they will win again for the third time this season against the bucks. And everybody says that it's hard for, a team to win against another team three times in, in, in the same season. I think the Saints proved to be an outlier in that game. Drew Brees, the the farewell, maybe it's not farewell tour, continues. And the, the Saints will march on in the playoffs, going to Green Bay to take on the Packers in the NFC Championship. Like I said, I think it'll be a shootout. Whoever gets the ball last is going to win. I'm going to say 45 to 42 
in terms of the Saints. Okay. See, I um, I agree with you. Like you said, <clears throat> the Saints march on. Um, <clears throat> I think it's going to be a 35-28 game going in the Saints' favor. I just don't see Drew Brees losing this game unless the woes of the past come in and haunt the Saints again this season. I just don't see that happening. I think they're going to take that step over what has happened the prior years, and they are going to see themselves playing the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship. Okay. Okay. So for you, you have – we both have the, we both have the Saints and the Packers in terms of the NFC uh, – for the NFC Championship, but – you have chosen the Bills against the Chiefs for the AFC Championship, and I have decided to take the Ravens the, and the Browns. America does want to see in the AFC Championship the Bills versus the Chiefs. That is going to be America's game. That will be a classic when it happens because I'm going 4-0 this week on my predictions. Well, you go a mere 500 of 2-2 two two because I am that confident in my picks. <clears throat> You're that confident in your picks. You know, I like the arrogance. I love the cockiness. Um, I just really hope that, you know, you, you're you wrong. I hope that you're wrong. And I'm going to say that you're going to be wrong, in my opinion. But the thing is, though, is based on how the playoffs have happened, mm-hmm. anything can happen. I don't think either of us are probably going to go 4-0 or 2-2. and I think we'll both end up being 3-1, and in my opinion, um, uh, with our predictions, just because of how the playoffs go, how the playoffs go, any given Sunday attitude. But you know, the the Ravens and the Browns, that game was a classic on Monday best Night game Football. Of the season. You know, honestly, it's an it was the best game of the season. I think that if the Ravens and the Browns meet in the AFC Championship, it could go that way again just because of how the teams know each other too well on both offense and defense. But, yeah, you're right. America does want the Bills and the Chiefs. They want Josh Allen going up against Patrick Mahomes, the two gunslinger quarterbacks with the star wide receivers going head-to-head against each other in Arrowhead, a classic AFC rivalry that goes back to the days of the American Football League of the 1960s. as well. And in terms of the NFC, uh, I think America's game, obviously America's sick of Brady. Um, uh, uh, I think America would love to see Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers go up against each other, mainly because I really don't know a lot of people that support the Los (laughs) Angeles Rams. You have to live in LA to support the Rams. And even if you live in LA, you only support the Rams because they play in LA. LA LA is a basketball and a baseball town, and it always will be. But for that, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast again, giving your input for the divisional round, giving your predictions as well. You, I'm making the executive decision again to bring you back to preview the AFC and NFC championship. And do you have yeah, any I final just, words, sir? No matter if predictions wrong or right, I just hope we get four great games of football. I don't want to see any snooze fest, which I doubt we will, but I just want to see four great football games, no matter the outcomes. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. Uh, I'm agreeing with you there. America's <laughs> agreeing with you there. Mainly, be, Mainly because... You know, if a snooze fest comes to happen in one of these games, both of these games, well, you have two games on Saturday in the middle of the day. They're not going to they're they're not going to want to do anything in the middle of the day. And if the games uh, in the middle of the day on Saturday or Sunday turn into a snooze fest, then they're going to be like, well, what the fuck do we do now? Whereas the Saturday night game, the Saturday night game. If it turns into a snooze fest, I hope that does not turn into a snooze fest. It You could just put on a movie or whatever, but um, we don't want that. We want good football games they will happen again i thank you for coming on again you are you're coming back to preview the nfc and afc championships again and with that i conclude this section of the podcast Perfect. thank you for having me again jeremy i look forward to talking with you again next week about hopefully a great uh, conference championships uh outlook i look forward to it too brother 
All right, let's get right into the weird sighting that occurred in my home city of Niagara Falls. A few days ago, a goat was sighted in my home city of Niagara Falls, just roaming around a section of the city. Witnesses reported seeing this goat come out of nowhere and walking around a residential neighborhood not too far from where my parents live, actually. Eventually, Niagara Falls police were called to the scene where they eventually took the goat into the custody of the Niagara County SPCA and where the goat was eventually returned to its owner. Now, this situation prompts a few questions from me. Number one, where did the goat come from? Did it come from inside the city of Niagara Falls or did it come from outside the city of Niagara Falls? Why would I ask that? Well, Niagara Falls is a weird city. A lot of weird things happen in the city of Niagara Falls. It would not surprise me if somebody in the city of Niagara Falls owned a goat. Now, the most, now, most likely the goat came from a farm in rural Niagara County and just eventually wandered into an urban area such as the city, such as the city of Niagara Falls, where it eventually just wandered around this residential neighborhood. But it would not put it past me that somebody in that residential neighborhood owned that goat. And the goat got out of the house and started roaming around that neighborhood where it was eventually taken by the cops and put into the custody of the SPCA. It wouldn't put it past me, honestly. But it makes me wonder, like, who in their right mind would actually own a goat in a city with a population of over 40,000 so that's why I'm thinking that the goat came from a farm just outside the city, probably somewhere past the town of Niagara. It wandered around, eventually finding itself in the city of Niagara Falls, where eventually it was taken to the SPCA and got returned back to its farm. But, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody in the city of Niagara Falls owns a goat. Like There have been some crazy things that have happened. I could tell you about the crazy things I've seen in the city of Niagara Falls. The only thing is, though, is most of you would be thinking that I'm telling you fictitious tales eventually. On that note, see, hearing about this goat sighting intrigued me a little bit. I was baffled when I first heard it. But, like I said, city of Niagara Falls, crazy things happen all the time. I'm just glad that the goat is safe. I'm just glad that it got taken into the custody of the SPCA in Niagara County, where eventually it was taken to its rightful owner again. The goat did not get hurt. Nobody else got hurt. People were just confused at the matter, that's all. All right, we're going to go into the part now where I discuss how New York Governor Andrew Cuomo wants to introduce two pieces of legislation in terms of legalizing online sports betting and legalizing the recreational use of marijuana. Governor Andrew Cuomo said that New York State is facing a $15 billion deficit, and he said that him and the state are exploring two possible options for helping close the budget gap. He has expressed confidence in legalizing both online sports betting and recreational marijuana as revenue sources for the state. Now, me personally, I'm okay with this because it's not going to have an effect on me. In terms of how... Things have been drastically changing over the years with the opinion of online sports betting and the recreational use of marijuana. I'm not surprised that New York State is finally going in this direction. There are many states that have either legalized marijuana in some use, have decriminalized it along with other drugs as well. Drugs are most likely going to win the war on drugs, and that's a, a joke that I have. But in terms of it, legalizing the recreational use of marijuana is a good thing in New York State. Medical marijuana is already legalized. You can use it for medical purposes here in New York State. But the main purpose of legalizing recreational use of marijuana is that 
the state knows that people smoke pot. Not just New York State, but other states as well. Governments, law enforcement agencies, they know that people smoke pot. They know uh, drug offenses happen in states. They don't want to keep sending people away to jail for a period of time for minor drug offenses. Which is why drugs are becoming decriminalized in many states, which is why some drugs, mainly marijuana, is becoming legalized in terms of recreational use of it. Governments in these states that have decriminalized drugs have legalized marijuana for recreational use. They don't want to keep putting people away in jail for minor drug offenses, whereas they can just send them to rehab if they have a drug problem, a drug addiction. They can put them in the places that can give them help, such as rehab facilities. So I am okay with that in terms of the marijuana legalization for recreational use. In terms of online sports betting, there are, other, there are states that have legalized online sports betting. Sports betting is, te- is already technically legal here in New York State. You just can't do it online. You can't do it on your phone. Neighboring states, New, York, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, they already are full-blown legalized with sports betting. You can go and, sp- and go to a sports book. You can do it online. You can do it on your phone. The Barstool Sports Book app allows you to bet on your phone in Pennsylvania. DraftKings, FanDuel, you can use that in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, some other states as well. Now, going into how these will work as of right now, they're only in the planning stages. Legislation is announced, will be announced soon. For sports betting, the governor said that New York wanted to set up a similar system to the lottery where a state gets a larger share of the revenue. He doesn't want the money to go to the casinos. He wants to increase revenue for the state. That makes sense. The state faces a $15 billion deficit, like I said. I understand what his plan is. The lottery really doesn't make any money, though, in my opinion. So we'll see how that works. I have seen a conflicting report, though, that there's a bill that when a New York State sports betting bill comes out, it will call for competitive markets, not a single operator, which is contrary to initial reports of a state lottery sports betting system in New York. The bill that is going to be announced supposedly calls for a competitive market, We'll see what happens. We'll see if there's a competitive market. We'll see if it's just one single entity. We'll see how that goes. For recreational marijuana, the governor has said that it's been an agenda item that he's been pushing for the past few years. He's wanted to legalize marijuana for recreational use. It just never passed due to conflicting opinions in the New York State Senate and the New York State Assembly, mainly because of party differences. The governor believes that the unique circumstances now present us us an opportunity to get the measure passed in the legislature. He said that New York has the potential to generate more than $300 million in tax revenue once the legalization of recreational marijuana is fully implemented. And going back on sports betting, he said that New York has the potential to be the largest sports wagering market in the United States. And by legalizing online sports betting, the state can aim to keep millions of dollars in revenue here at home in New York State instead of going to neighboring states like New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Now, obviously, Governor Cuomo has enemies. He has supporters. People on both sides of the spectrum support and differ from this. Obviously, there are people that are going to be against what he wants to do. There are people that are going to support what he wants to do. In my opinion, 
with how things are going, with how the times are changing, why not legalize it? The state government knows that they can make so much tax revenue in terms of recreational marijuana. New York State knows that they can make so much money in terms of how sports betting will happen online. Just got to get the right people involved, plan it out properly. Obviously, this is something that the governor wants to push before the end of 2021, obviously. And in my opinion, I see both of these legislations passing maybe even even in the next few months because with the rollout of the vaccines happening, we as a society could be returning to normal life soon, not just here in New York State, but also in the country as well. And with many people that come to New York State as tourists, not just to New York City, Niagara Falls, places like that, you can use those ideas, you can use that those cities and tourist destinations as places for businesses to become marijuana sellers, like legalized marijuana sellers, dispensary, dispensaries, or you know what, you know, and in terms of online sports betting, like when football season, baseball season comes around for the 2021 season, even basket, even basketball uh, for the 2021 season, you know, hockey, the same thing. Like, you know, you can go to a game, go on your phone, bet, uh, bet right then and there, bet before the game, bet during the game. So much money could be implemented there. So much revenue can come into the state. Overall, like I said, I think that this legislation will pass on both ends in terms of marijuana recreational use legalization and in terms of online sports betting legalization. It's just a matter of when it passes and a matter of what happens after that, how it is all set up, what happens in terms of the process of how things go from there. That concludes today's episode of the Jerry's World Podcast right there. I'll try to be better next time. Until then, don't do anything I wouldn't do, all right?